everyone, and welcome back to Cold Coffee. Hello, Tova. How are you today? I'm okay. Hey, Chris. You sound. <laughs> you don't sound very energetic today. <laughs> that was like the same uh, embarrassed giggling. Yes, I'm okay. Um, I am just like aware of the fact that I can't see the time codes on my recorder, so I, it threw me. But I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So hi, everyone. My name is Kristen Hewitt here with the lovely Tova Lee, and this is Cold Coffee. So first want to say thank you to everyone listening. And for those of you who have supported us, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe and leave us a review and please share this podcast. Um, it's getting harder and harder to market on Facebook. Yeah. So if you're, if you're finding us on Facebook, please share it on Facebook. If you're finding us on Twitter, please retweet. But we would love it if you would share this with your friends. So yes. Mm -hmm. So hi. So how are hi. things going this week? You had your little giggle. Are you at home today? Or are you in your flat? No. So I basically uh, have uh, taken some time off. I have gone to a secret, a top secret location uh, in London. Top <laughs> not secret? secret <laughs> not really secret it's not even that far away but uh I basically it's a secret for my kids uh, so they can't find me there but um yeah I I'm I'm writing a book uh I know we've we've talked about it right uh and people have been asking me for a very long time if I I'm planning to write a book if I'm writing a book and uh I've decided to do it so uh I sort of sat down with Mike and um you know, said, do you know what? I actually feel like the best way for me to, to work would be to really go somewhere and just have like a, you know, space to really properly kind of like sit down, just throw everything on paper. Uh, so yeah, so I've taken like two and a half weeks off, I guess. I mean, I don't really plan to finish a book. I was going to say, are weeks. you going to write a book yeah. in two weeks? I'm going to write as much as I can and I'm not, I don't have like a goal in terms of n number of pages or anything like that. I just, I'm going to write as much as I can in two and a half weeks and, and, and then take it from there. So know? may I ask what the book is about or is that top secret like the location in which you are writing it? No, no. I mean, it's top secret only because I actually have no idea what the book is about. <laughs> I actually asked my uh, Instagram followers yesterday if maybe they had thoughts on what the book should be about. Um, I and have it's thoughts. Funny what? Tell I, me. I have thoughts. Would you like yeah. to hear my thoughts? Yes, tell me. <laughs> I always love it when you post little microblogs on Facebook or you share the stories about um, your childbirth and what you went through. I mean, you could have died. What you went through is pretty traumatic. And I think as a woman and a mom, so many people could identify it and hearing your story. So is this going to be kind of like a memoir or are you kind of doing like a mom advice book, the mom life according to Tova? <laughs> I'm shaking my head. No, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm never. I'm not doing a, a how-to book or like an advice book. That's. I mean, that I know for sure. Uh, but m not because I have any issue with those books, just because I don't feel like I'm equipped to give advice. Uh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not. But uh, I guess it is a memoir in a way. But actually, weirdly, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the, with the, me being a mom. Um, it's more, I guess, like. Um, I don't know. It's a story, I guess. Oh, I don't know. It'll, it'll, we, I will discover what it's about. <laughs> then I will say what it's about. But I post a lot of stuff like th things about my past, I guess, and growing up, 
in Israel and relationships like with my mom and my parents in general and just I guess like everything that led into led me to where I am today you know um I honestly don't know if anybody will want to read this book and I'm not just saying they will no I really don't know like why it would be interesting to anybody but the thing is I always I feel like you always have to tell the story you have to tell like you have to tell that's the only story I can tell at the moment so I'm gonna write it And even if nobody reads it apart from my husband and my kids, and I'm going to force you to read it, of course, <laughs> then I'll be happy. And, and that's it. And we'll see. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's so funny that our lives are so symbiotic. Yeah. And what's interesting is you're writing a book. Well, now as well so aren't what's you? funny is I have been writing a book for nine years. I am oh. the ultimate procrastinator. I am such a perfectionist. I'm always scared to start. But I have been writing my memoir my story of how we got pregnant because it took us almost a decade and it was very traumatic and um, I've been writing it for nine years but I just never had the motivation to do it and now that I'm going through recovery of this surgery still which is by the way we haven't told you what the show is about today we're going to get to that in a few minutes we're kind of talking today about depression and sadness and how to get through it but um we um I decided to write it. You know, I'm getting up in the morning. You're going to a flat, which is wonderful, but I don't have that option. So I'm going to my office, which is where I am right now. And I'm um, going to be writing from about, you know, 6 a.m. to 8, 8.30 every day. Amazing. And um, I am, you know, but I'm giving myself deadlines. So this is something I've been wanting to do forever. And like you, I don't know if anybody will want to read it. Uh, I, I clearly don't have the platform that you have to sell it. But for me, it's more just about working through what I went through. I think it'll be kind of therapy to write it. So yeah, yeah. so ironically, we both are doing the same thing. So there But you go. I think, uh, you know, that a subject, uh, you know, everything that has to do with fertility and just the coping with, you know, all the ups and downs of that is something that's going to really appeal to so many people because there's so many people in similar situations. So I think like it's it's so important. It's so great that you're writing that. Um, I think a lot of people oh. are going to love it. You And know? I can't wait to read your book as well. So I think that <laughs> I think you'll figure it. I just want to point out to our audience, they can't see us, uh, but I am drinking literal cold coffee, Tova. It is cold. <laughs> it is. I don't normally drink coffee, by the way. I've been trying to give it up, but I haven't been sleeping well. So I'm back to drinking coffee. What about you? You are not a coffee drinker, right? You are a tea No, drink- but do you know what? I've been drinking way too much coffee lately because the thing is I quite like cold coffee, like cold Ugh. as in iced, iced coffee, you know, like uh, shakes. And uh, because it's, it's summer and it's hot, then I'm, yeah, I'm drinking way too much coffee right now. I should stop. I actually feel like my skin is like, bleh, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, But, um, yes, this is episode six. I know. We have made it through episode six of season two. So thanks to everyone yeah. for hanging with us. And today we are talking about something that has kind of been in the headlines lately. We've seen a lot yeah. of... Uh, mental illness in the headlines. We've seen Kate Spade, yeah. unfortunately, commit suicide and Anthony Bourdain. And, um, you know, depression, it's amongst us. It's amongst a lot of us. I think a lot of us um, suffer from some port- point part of mental illness. Yeah, uh, I know. And it's funny because uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but usually our topics are very, we sort of uh, decide on our topic, I think, very... Um, 
randomly, organically, like it's never like this big plan in advance. Um, so just to give you some background, we both posted something quite similar uh, on our Facebook pages or Instagram, whatever, um, about a sadness uh, and just about feeling that kind of like sad. For me personally, I feel like when you say depression, a lot of people um, get intimidated by that word because you know, it has like such a, it's such a massive label. And also, I also think I still, I do, I believe that there's a big stigma still around depression. Uh, and, you know, we were talking on the phone the other day, remember, and you asked me, like, do you think you're depressed? And I said, no, because, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm active and I'm doing this. And I, I think that you're like, I, do you get what, do you remember what I said to yeah, you? Yeah, you, like, you uh, were like, no, yeah. I feel like depression is when you're really, really yeah. sick and you're hopeless and you need medication, but there's actually. No, that you can, right. you don't, you, you're not motivated maybe to get out of bed. And I've never had that like feeling. I always get on with what I need to do. And then you said, well, there's how high functioning depression, you know, and there's all these labels. But the thing is like, for me, the labels are for me, less interesting. And I don't mean to offend anybody by saying this, by the way. So I'm not taking away from anybody how they feel or, you know, what they're going through or what they've been diagnosed with. But I was talking about sadness. And I, I just feel like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a general thing. I don't know. Uh, I honestly didn't know if people would relate to what I'm saying because it really just is a feeling. So why and don't it does you, come, why don't come you and explain go. to people what it is you wrote and um, kind of explain where you are right now? I think that maybe yeah. we should go that route. So it's weird because I, what I wrote was just this feeling. It happens to me personally. And weirdly, again, from people's reaction, I, I guess uh, it's common to happen this way. Um, that it um, comes like in the night. So when everybody's gone to bed and you finished your chores and the day's over and Mike uh, often goes to bed earlier <laughs> than me. Uh, so I'm kind of like left alone. And, and and that's just when it happens. It's just this feeling of, I don't know, just a sadness. Um, it's not even thoughts. It's nothing coherent. It's not that I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about something that's making me sad. It's just a sad feeling in my heart. And it links, I think, to a lot of the things that I'm talking about recently. You know, I was talking about self-love and love in general on Mom Life Crisis, the last episode. I think all these things come from somewhere in our childhood, whether you felt alone or not loved or just not. Do you, do you know what I mean? And it's just something that's like in us. And because I have no explain, explanation for it. Like, I'm not a psychologist. Like, I don't know. Um, and usually I wake up in the morning and I'm OK. And there are times that it's more times that it's less, you know. Um, and I think because I'm thinking about all these things recently because of mom life crisis and the book and then obviously the feeling is stronger at the moment you know well yeah you're also under a lot of pressure right you're writing a book you're doing a new series you have so much going on but it also could be I mean I would be sad and lonely if I was up late at night doing chores and my whole family was asleep I mean I don't like that empty I don't like that feeling of being alone at night um, it's quite yeah. the opposite in my house my husband goes to bed uh, after me, and I always get sad and lonely when I have to go to bed alone. Like I, I like to go to bed with someone, you know. So yeah. I would, I would probably feel the same as you. Um, but you know, you could be even feeling a little bit of anxiety, and you just don't even know it. Like I never knew that I had anxiety until last summer when I was diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. I never knew it. 
I didn't yeah. realize that that pulsy, pulsing feeling in the insomnia was anxiety. So I find it interesting. So what what Tova wrote yesterday was just about the sadness and kind of how she wished. Did you write that you wished it would go away or I'm trying to yeah. remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, I basically compared it to like a, uh, a good like an old friend that you're sort of. You kind of you kind of hate them, but you're also kind of used to them, and you don't actually know how you would cope if they actually went away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, like because it's, it's true. You, it's like it becomes part of you, and you're so used to it. And I uh, sometimes feel like, okay, but if I didn't have that, then what would I do? Like I'd be sat there, what feeling what? I know it sounds absurd because who wants to feel sad? Nobody does. But it's almost like you get used to it, and that's that's your thing, you know. Um, but what it, what's interesting to me and from people's reaction, this is the thing that I've, you know, that hit me more than anything is I do think a lot of people today are actually under pressure to be happy or to be positive or to, you know what I mean? Like right. there's a lot of messages out there that are, that are empowering and are, are definitely supposed to be empowering. They're definitely coming from the right place of people just wanting uh, everybody, you know, to see the good in life and to focus on the, the, the glasses have full and all that. And everything it like makes so, so much sense. But I actually think for some people it's actually had the opposite effect Because if you're feeling sad and you feel like shit and all you're hearing around you is be happy, be happy, be positive, appreciate what you've got, then that's kind of depressing, you know? Well, it's Um, depressing if you compare yourself, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. And I think a lot of people do see other people on social media and compare them. And what I think is very interesting, um, and we need to share both of our Facebook posts, or if you wrote it on Instagram and I wrote it on Facebook so people can change it. But um, I love Glennon Doyle. She's a writer. And she always says right from your scars, not from your wounds. So whenever I'm going through something, I try to get through it. And then I write my story once I've gotten through it. And what I thought was interesting is yesterday, I felt like you had written through your wounds, because you were in that place of sadness. And I think that's why so many people relate to you is because you're not afraid to say, listen, this is how I'm feeling right now. I, um, I also wrote a piece yesterday, just on my Facebook page, because today is four weeks since my surgery. And, um, you know, I was shooting myself because I should feel better. And I even talked to a doctor last night and he's like, well, you're just healing way, way slower than most people. And you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Do I need to eat more (laughs) healing foods? But I was feeling really depressed yesterday because it's been four weeks and I'm still having a complication. And a lot of women in hysterectomy groups that I'm a part of, um, are up and like one woman, like four days after her surgery went hiking in the Grand Canyon. And I'm like, what is wrong wow. with me? I put on a pair of shorts today that fit, thank goodness, and I buttoned them and it hurt after five minutes and I had to throw on my big old baggy sweatpants. Like I can't even wear real clothes yet and it's been a month. Um, I might have to have another procedure. I'm going to call the doctor when we're done recording today and it'll, it'll be outpatient. But still, I, I, I was sad. Like I was crying yesterday and my kids were like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just tired of not feeling good. And you know, if you think about it, I had conditions for two years, which led me to the surgery where I wasn't feeling good. And then you go through the surgery and you think your life is going to change. And then the recovery is not what I expected. So for me, I was very depressed and I cried a lot yesterday. But then when I wrote my piece, it was after it, I sat and wrote my gratitude journal and I tried to find a little perspective. Um, It could be worse. My sister-in-law is having surgery today for pancreatic cancer. Uh, It could be so much worse. And 
I had to feel it. And I think that's the one thing, like you were saying, you see everywhere on social media, you have to be happy, be happy, be positive. Yes, we do. But I think the message that's getting lost is that you also have to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel depressed. It's okay to cry on and off for three hours and let your kids see that because my kids did see me crying a lot yesterday. And I'm okay with that because sometimes we're sad and sometimes life isn't perfect. And I think, you know, as much as I try to model the gratefulness and the positive, uh, we also have to teach our kids and and, uh, teach ourselves that it's okay to feel whatever it is we're feeling. Do we allow ourselves to get swallowed up in it? No. I think that's when true depression sets in, when we allow it to change our lives. Um, But for me, yesterday was a really hard day, but I let myself feel it. And I let my husband take care of a lot of stuff last night, and then I had to start to dig myself out of it because I know if I sit there, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. At least that's how I handle it. No, I agree. I I mean, I I get it. But I agree that, um, you know, feeling the sadness, I I think, is part of the healing, you know. And I think anybody who's been through any, like, you know, hardship in their lives and heartbreak, and uh, let's face it, we all have – you know, part of the process of getting better is actually being sad and crying and being in that feeling before you can pick yourself up and sort of move on. Uh, But I think a lot of people who reacted to what I wrote were talking about this, just like this feeling that's just there. And it's not necessarily because something has happened. Some people were talking about loss or, you know, dealing, coping with different situations and things that have happened to them. But in the majority of the people were actually talking just about this feeling, you know? And I don't know where it comes from. Like, I don't know today in, in like, a society how we live today. There's a lot of people who are uh, have, you know, sadness and have depression. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why it's more now. Or is it just that we're more aware of mental health now? But actually, every, it was always this way. Like, I don't know, um, you know, what it is. I I honestly don't know. But definitely more people are talking about it, which I think is good, you know, because uh, I have some young followers on on Instagram, (laughs) which always (laughs) makes me laugh. (laughs) Some 19 year olds like that follow me. And uh, like when they write to me and say, oh, I've, you know, I'm depressed or I've been feeling sadness. You're, you know, my heart really goes out to them, you know, because do you know what I mean? It's like such a young age and, you know, um, but yes, I don't know where I was going with this thought. <laughs> That's I okay. Completely distracted. Like, no, no, you were saying what saying. the what the young people were writing to you. Did it have to say what you were? Were you going to say yeah. what you were writing back to them? No, I can't. I can't remember okay. what I was going to say. Well, then I yeah. want to. I want to say something. So um, yeah, the reason why we kind of wanted to talk about this is because we do talk a lot about happy things and we try to laugh and we want to have fun, but we also both are very committed to to being real and this is real life. And it's not always um, going to be easy. And life is always going to throw us the unexpected. I always I always say when something happens, that, you know, this too shall pass because it's just another thing to deal with. But the one thing I wanted to talk about, you said the sadness, you know, is part of the healing. And one of the things that I found really helpful, and I am not ashamed to admit, is that I do see a therapist. Um, I go once a month to a psychologist She's wonderful. And I'll be honest, she was our marriage counselor quite a few years ago. But um, we realized in marriage counseling a few years ago that a lot of our issues were my anxiety. So I started seeing her. Um, And it really does help 
to talk to someone. And I know some people listening are like, I can't afford it. Um, you can you can find therapists. There's a website I'll put in the links that I'm on right now, adaa.org, where you can go and you can find someone that can help you and they can do it on... Um, it does. If you don't have insurance, they do take you. So I want to share this resource because it really is helpful. But I do. I see a therapist, Tova. We talk about things. And I also go to acupuncture. And I found in one of my acupuncture sessions recently that I was really sad that my brother left when I was nine years old. He was like my mm. big brother. We were very close, very loving great relationship and he ran away with his girlfriend and eloped he was 19 I was nine and I never really saw him again they've moved around a lot and we see them like once every five years once every 10 years sometimes um and I never realized how much that affected me until I went to acupuncture a few months ago and I was like wow I was really grieving the loss of him so sometimes we have to revisit those things in the past and yeah and move through them um because a lot of us do have past pain and that's okay. We just have to figure out what it is and move through it. Have you yeah. found, do you see someone as well or no? What do you think, Kristen? <laughs> I do. I know you do, but I didn't know if you wanted to admit it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it, yes, I do. Uh, it's weird because I went, the first time I went to a therapist was when I was 22. So exactly 20 years ago. Uh, I haven't been seeing this, that person for 20 years, by the way. But I went 20 years ago after my parents had split up. So I've only spoken about this recently. My mom basically, um, my mom left my dad. She's from Ireland and she went back to Ireland. Um, and I and I think we talked about panic attacks a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? But I, I got the worst panic attacks like around that time in my life. And I honestly thought I was going crazy. Like I had never heard of panic attacks back then. I didn't know what they were. And anybody who's had a panic attack knows how that feels. You basically feel like I mean, it's just this horrible feeling. And I thought I was going mad. I didn't know you um, had these. If we talked about this, yeah. I totally don't remember. No, but I haven't had them in years. Like, I really haven't had them in years. It was that little time in my life. And I think the reason was that I got the panic attacks was because really up till that time in my life, I was, a, I was, I was very much the... Um, I was like the okay one in my family for everybody. And I was, yeah, you know what I mean? Like I was the okay one. So I would, I would make everybody laugh. If there was tension in the house, I would diffuse it with a joke. I would be the one talking to my mom when she was having like a hard time with my dad. And I did that since the age of 12. So like that was my role in the family. And I think I just bought That's a big responsibility up. for yeah. a young child. Yeah, and I think I bottled it all up. So when everything sort of hit the, you know, the shit hit the fan and she left and my sister was left like at home, she was 17 and I wasn't living in the house anymore, but my sister took it really badly because she was still in high school and, you know, and then I was like doubling up as her mom coming home on the weekend, like cooking and, you know, it was just a bit of a, it was too much. Um, And then my, so long story short, I got panic attacks and that's when I went to to get therapy, like to get help, because I really thought I needed like to be locked up somewhere because I thought I was going crazy. Um, And, you know, and then obviously went through the process of like talking to somebody, like you said, about your past and suddenly realizing all these things in your childhood and your relationships with your parents. And, you know, and it really did help me. I saw that therapist, I think, for like just over a year. 
And then that was it. But then in the last year, I've started seeing somebody else. And actually what brought me to her was not a crisis like then. It was more... I mean, to be honest, it was very random because I just read a post she posted. It actually had to do about with emotional eating. Mm, but what that's my intri- that's my fatal flaw. Yeah, and what interests me and what she wrote wasn't the diet aspect of it. You know, it was just that I can't even remember what she wrote exactly, but it it was just you know when something you read something and it's like something clicks and you go, wow, like, yes. that's me. I do that. Like I do that. Why do I yes. do that? Like, why do I do that? And I really wanted to find out. And that's how it started. So her, the first focus was about the food and about emotional eating and what it is that happens in that moment that you go to the fridge and you reach in there to take something. Actually, what is it? It's not the food. We all know that, right? It's the comfort. It's the food. No, it's, it's the comfort. comfort. Yeah, but we started talking about other words that came up, which I had never, ever, ever spoken about and now I think like that much more because I've been seeing her for a year, is needs. Nobody ever talks about needs. She would go, what do you need? Like when you're there in front of the fridge and you're taking out, you know, the cheese and you're starting to put a sandwich, you're not even hungry. What do you need? And you dig deeper and deeper. And in the end, you go, I need a hug. I need somebody to hold me. I need love. I need attention. I need to cry. I need need a friend. I need... That's what I need. And you realize what you really need. You know what I mean? And that started like that. And after that, we moved to obviously lots of different topics. No, it's know? it's so interesting you said that because one of the biggest lessons we learned in marriage counseling, which actually I use to this day with me, is the biggest technique when you're fighting is it always gets heightened and emotional. And she would tell us, you have to say to your partner, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I need. It's the same thing. Yeah. So last yeah. night when I was really depressed about not feeling well, I told Bob, this is how I'm feeling. And what I need is for you to do everything bath on schedule, because if they go to bed late, I'm going to have anxiety and I need that. I need you to spend time with me. I need you to lay in bed and hold my hand and let's watch a show that we both love. Like I need to, I need to be with someone. I need to feel loved. And it really does help. And it's, it's something that I do not only in my relationship with my husband and my kids, like I'll even do this with my kids. Like when she, when they're fighting and they say, I don't, you know, I hate the way you drew that Emmy. That's ugly. Well, this is how I feel. It's very, makes mom sad. And it makes your sister sad when you do that. And this is what we need. We need you to do this. And it's something that is really uh, trans it's transformative in personal and work and life. Um, But it's something a lot of us don't ask for. We don't ask for what we need because we're programmed to think that our needs don't matter. That's just the way it is in our society today. And they do matter. And so that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad we're doing this show is just to remind everybody that our needs do matter. Look who's walking in. Emmy, you yeah, want to say hi? <laughs> say hi to Miss Toba. You still have a few days. Hi, Emmy. How are you? All right, I, love it that, I love it that you call me Miss Tova when your kids are around. It's so yes. nice. <laughs> I just want to point out, Emmy, oh. that your dad is here. Yeah, you, but he's on the phone well, and he wants me. 
Well, then you have, you have to. <laughs> I love it. Daddy's on the phone, but mommy's recording a you podcast. Need go, so you need to leave and shut the door. And when I'm done, I'll come help you. But I can't do that's it right now. Hilarious. I'm sorry. And I love you. Shut the door. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> that was awesome. What happens when you're recording a podcast? Yeah, no, I love it. But daddy's on the phone. <laughs> come on. Daddy's on the phone. That's Kristen. funny. <laughs> That's how it always is. That's how it always is. So I have this um, website pulled up. I wanted to tell you that I suffer from panic attacks as well. I I have them at night a lot when Bob's traveling and I can't fall asleep. And then I have a panic attack that I'm not going to sleep. And then it's like this cycle and I'm up all night. I have like sleep anxiety. But um, I've pulled up this website. It's the ADAA.org. And did you know that this is in the U.S. stats, but – 40 million adults ages 18 and older suffer from anxiety and depression. Wow. I mean, it really is common. So if you're listening to this, know that you're not alone. We all feel sadness. Sometimes we get a little depressed. In fact, my um, therapist told me she thought I was high functioning depressed when I was getting my surgery because I had so much going on. Um, Am I going to treat it? Yeah, I treat it with doing things that make me happy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, what do you do when you get in a funk and you're feeling sad? Do you call a friend? Do you Do you know um, what? I've I, I've become much better at asking for help. Like I would bottle it up and not tell anybody. And I think that was always made it much better. And then when it came to Mike, for example, I wouldn't do what you do with Bob. I would sort of uh, uh, you know when you you just want your partner to read your mind. <laughs> yes, of course. Why don't they read their mind? Exactly. So I would just sit there feeling really bad and sorry for myself and blame him in my mind for everything, including for the fact that he can't tell how sad I am and that he's not doing what I need him to do. But I'm not actually telling him what I need. So uh, there was all of that. I've I've become so much better now. A, it's not always it's not always with Mike, by the way, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I really do have great friends in my life and I include you in that as well and like I can text a friend or call a friend and say do you know what I'm feeling down can we just talk can you come over can we do something you know like I would never do that not in a million years it was always like a fear like I didn't want people to see me like that do you know what I mean yeah and I think um posting online in the in the moment where I'm feeling that by the way I wrote that post uh three nights ago in the moment like it was I was feeling that it was a night that's what I was feeling but I only posted it two days later uh but I didn't change it like I just wrote it how it was and that's how I posted it um I would have never done that in the past ever like I would have I would have a bit like your therapist told you like or who I can't remember who you said it was but like I would Right from a place of like of healing, like right what, from the scars, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. Um, which, by the way, I think in many ways is more empowering, of course, because you're giving people like the. But I've come out of it, etc. But um, for me, it's an exercise. I'm very selfish. Like I do it for myself because for me, it's it's just um, it's a new thing. You know, it's it's a new thing to be in that place and to allow people into that place because I have concealed that place for so long it's just it's just a nice change to be able to you know why did you I mean I'm not trying to be a therapist but I'm just curious why did you feel like you had to conceal it but I think it has to do with the role I played as a child like what we talked about earlier you know I just think it was the only role I knew how to 
how to play. People always, uh, uh, you know, uh, even my friends, my family would look at me and go, oh, you're so strong. You got it together. I think people probably look at you the same way, right? You're, you know, you're they confident. Think, yeah, you're this, you're that. Yeah, you've got it together. La, la, la. And then you start playing up to that role. You know, it's just, and as a kid, it was messages that you get as a kid. Oh, Tova's, oh, oh Tova's responsible. Oh, Tova knows what she wants. Yeah. Oh, Tova's like strong. Oh, Tova, blah, blah. so then you go, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to be. Okay, then. So you, and you shut the other parts down because you don't, do you know what I mean? You don't feel like there's room for them. Right. No, um, I, I totally get that. Everybody expects me to be the confident one, the put together one. They don't realize that you have sadness. So for me, though, when I so I love working out. So I would say if anybody's listening and you sometimes feel sadness or you think you might be depressed or you're just lonely, like one of the things I do is I do the things that I love. Like you call a friend, you text a friend. Um, you get together. I like to get out of the house as well, but I have a workout group. We go to a park. There's a group of lovely women there. They've become my friends. I met them through this trainer and I love to work out. And I think that's part of the reason why I'm feeling so sad now is I haven't been able to work out in a month because I get those endorphins going and being around the women. And even if I hate actually working out, it's the camaraderie (laughs) and, you know, the doing something physical it does it makes you feel better working out makes me feel better I also love reading I am a bookworm I always have been I mean in the summers as a kid I used to blow through a Ramona book in like an hour um, and I love reading so I have rediscovered my love of reading in the last year and I read a ton I have a library app and I download new books and I really love reading and then of course for me My gratitude journal is just a place where I not only write what I'm thankful for, but I write what's happening that day. And sometimes it just feels good to write down how you're feeling. Like I am feeling really sad that my sister-in-law is going through this and I can't imagine. And sometimes you just need to get those feelings out and write it down. So those are some of the things that I do. I don't know if that'll help anyone who's listening that might, you know, be feeling sad or depressed, but that's what I do. I just try to make time for the things that I love it could be a bubble bath or going swimming, but whatever yeah. it is, remind yourself to, to take care of yourself. You know, um, it's interesting because you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, you know, uh, Kate Spade. And I know a lot of uh, people, um, a lot of people, I don't know, see, I think a lot of people look at other people and you think, uh, oh, they're happy because, you know, that's how they look on the outside or they've got it all. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people were saying that after, after her death, that, you know, how, how is this possible? This person had it all, had all the reasons to live for. Uh, But I, I honestly like think it's one of those things that just really crosses everything, crosses you know, how much money you've got in the bank, how big your house is, like all these things, whether or not you are a parent or not, like all these things, it really crosses everything because it's just a really, you know, I don't know, personal human experience. I don't know how I would call it, but does that make sense? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, getting at, or, I mean, it doesn't matter who you, you know, are like, and how much yeah. money you have and how famous you are. You, Everyone has got something. I mean, literally every single person you know has got something. It might not be depression or mental illness, but every person we know is dealing with something. And it doesn't matter how many followers or how many dollar signs you have in front of your name. It really is... Um, like you said, the human experience, what we all experience and what we've been through. I mean, it's life. And that's why it breaks my heart that there's so much hatred and vitriol right now, especially in the online yeah. world, um, because yeah. 
we really all are going through. And if we if we took the time to just talk about it, I think we'd be surprised to see what everyone we know is going through. You know, it's kind of weird to me, though, that uh, on the one hand, um, it does feel like uh, mental health, health it is something people are more aware of today and, they're ta- and people are talking about it more. Uh, but then on the other hand, it also does feel like stress in general. I know this, like, we're talking about loads of different things here, but stress. No, it's okay. Right? Yeah. Stress is something that I honestly think is, like, is going to be, like, the biggest problem, if not already, but it's definitely going to be the biggest problem our children have to deal with. And I don't understand how it works together with the fact that there is more awareness, you know? It's just weird. And I wonder if it has to do also, I'm just going off on one now, like how much it has to do with technology and how much it has to do with the whole social media space, la, 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 whatever. No, there's a meme going around right now, and I wish I could pull it up. It's a famous person with a quote. I don't know if it's Jerry Seinfeld. There's a comedian that said that social media is making us compare ourselves to everyone else, and that's what's causing depression. And I wish I could find it. Um, I was just Googling it. But it's true, and we could go off and do a whole, we could do 85 million shows on social (laughs) media because there's so so many things with social media but that's part of the reason why I have boundaries with social media and I don't I go on at specific times and then my phone is up so people get mad at me at night because they can't reach me from four to nine at night but I am with my kids I'm with my husband. My husband is starting to get obsessed with Twitter because, you know, we're in basketball and he likes to read the news. And I'm like, no, we have to put our phones up. We need to spend time. So when we're with the kids, we put our phones up because we don't want, you know, to model that with our kids. Okay, but now we're off on a different tangent. Um, So, yeah, we've gone all over the place. But I will I will link in the show notes to this Anxiety and Depression Association of America. It really is a great resource if you're feeling anything. Um, and we'll also post the suicide hotline um, prevention lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. I'm sure that people listening aren't there. But if you know someone that you think might be struggling, I mean, these are good resources to have. Yeah. So uh, before we go on to not so news, I really wanted us to talk about Catherine Zeta-Jones. Can we talk about her? I'm curious what you thought because I sent this article to you and I was like rolling. My yeah, eyes. I'm curious what you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I want to know what you think. Okay, so the headline is Catherine Zeta Jones. This isn't not so news yet because this is news. But she, the headline reads, <laughs> "I'm, I'm sick of apologizing for being rich." And gorgeous. And she says in the, she told the UK mirror, one thing I am not is humble anymore. I'm sick of being humble. I really am. So sorry I'm rich. So sorry I'm married to a movie star. So sorry I'm not so bad looking. No sorry's enough. All that is important to me now is my work. Um, so the actress said, it's all good and I'm not going to be humble for how much money and how many houses we have either. She said some people collect arts or lot art or lots of money. The worst thing about having all these houses, she said, is that when I have an outfit or I think I'm going to look great with a certain pair of shoes, I have to remember they're in some place I'm not. So that's why I have to buy duplicates of everything. <laughs> so I just want to say, Miss Jones, I too am sick of being beautiful and rich. <laughs> yeah. I rolled my so, eyes. I was so mad when I read this. So th- just, there's been a massive backlash on that. Like people didn't like that. <laughs> what did you think of this? 
I loved it. I, I knew thought, you would. I, knew I you thought, would. you go, girl. You go. You freaking go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually nearly wrote about it, but it only came to my intention like three days after it was out. And I thought, do you know what? It's a bit old, like a bit too old news. But now you've made me want to write about it again. Uh, yeah, I think she has a fair point, you know, like, uh, I think we do live now in a very, very, very uh, politically correct society whereby you literally cannot gloat or be proud or be um, unrelatable. Okay, uh, by the way, this is a rant that's coming up. I just haven't written it yet. But the whole... Oh, let's let's be relatable. I just can't stand it anymore. You know, like, uh, oh, you know, what's relatable? Relatable is that I feed my kids junk, that I my house is so messy and I never have a cleaning lady and all that type of shit. Nah, nah, we don't all eat, feed our kids junk every single day. You try to balance it. Most of us do. Even the hot mess moms who say that they don't, they do, they do. They don't eat, feed their kids pizza every day. I don't either. Some days are healthy, some days are crap, you know, right. and I, do, you know, and you got somebody maybe to come in and help you out around the house, etc., etc. So Catherine Zeta-Jones, I think, just went for it and basically said that, but in her world as a movie star, she's going to talk about the number of cars she has and, you know, she's going to talk about the number, the number the, of, houses. Um, of, money, of houses and money because that's her reality. But if you had taken what she said and just put it in like the normal sort of, you know, the average kind of woman, then you'd be talking about different things. But I think really she was just being honest, you know, and, and listen, I applaud I'm a, her for And that. I'm OK with speaking your truth. I mean, I preach that on Be Who You Want to Be. Like I want everyone to speak their truth but I just think there's a fine line between speaking your truth and being a bitch yeah uh, I, well, mean, <laughs> I mean the other I, thing though yeah go no ahead. go ahead go ahead no the other thing is that I really do have a soft spot for divas you know like I know people don't like them but I am obsessed like I just think it's so funny and uh I think she did she probably did come across a little bit like a diva but you know what? Fair play to her. Just live your life. Be happy. Who cares what people think about you? If they have an issue with you, then fuck them. Like, really, for real. No, I get that. And I knew when I posted that and I rolled my eyes, like, I wanted to share that and write, same. I'm, I'm, I too am tired of being apologizing <laughs> for being freaking gorgeous. I feel the same way, you know, like just kind of sarcastic. But I rolled my eyes when I read it and thought, you know, with the way the world is today and there's so many things happening politically, like, is this what you want to be known for? You know, that's what I thought. But then I thought, well, whatever, do what you want. But I knew that you were going to think it's ironic. But don't you think it's ironic that today the only way people are going to love you on social media is if you post like how difficult your life is. Don't you think that's ironic? You post, and I'm telling you, Kristen, from experience, when I put up posts of me looking good and like saying I'm happy, life is great, you know, you'll get like three likes and people will go, oh yeah, good for you. But you post a uh, picture of you looking like a, you know, like a big slob. It's not good. The makeup's running. You know, you haven't had a shower in a week and you're like, my life is crap. And then everybody's like your best friend. And I'm being really sarcastic now and I'm obviously exaggerating. But my point is, isn't it? sad that like you know why can't a person and I, she took it to an extreme obviously to make a point so you know I get that and I get why that could come across as a bit annoying but the heart of what she's saying is right why should she apologize 
Why? She's worked. And why should she be sorry for marrying a movie star or for the fact that she has loads of money or that she is drop dead gorgeous? Why should she be humble? Why? Why does she have to? Why? Why does she have to? She doesn't have to. She doesn't have to. And it's okay to to brag about your money. I think just talking about your looks in general, though, is kind of just like whatever. It makes me lose respect for you. That's just me. I don't. I, I, I lost respect for her. I mean, I get it. I get why it's okay to speak your truth. And if you don't care what anyone else thinks, then do what she did. That's fine. But yeah. if you're trying to win fans and have fans come see your movies at the box office, it's probably not a good idea to offend, you know, 80% of the population who can't even afford one car. You know, I just, I, I think, I think there's a fine line there. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, no, it's good. But, you know, we often do. Who said to you recently, you and Tova really disagree a lot. Who was that? <laughs> Our editor. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, actually, you go. And one of my friends actually messaged me like, you guys are fighting this season. I'm like, no, I think it's good. That we have a difference of opinion. If we agreed with everything the same, it would make for a boring show. Okay, let's do not so news because we got to get going. Okay, so this is the headline. Thanks to the mirror. Um, So brides can now carry pizza down the aisle instead of flowers as restaurant creates quirky wedding bouquets. So I'm staring right now at a picture of what looks like a bouquet. Like, you know, it's not a box of pizza. No, no, it's a bouquet. Like, we will post this picture. But listen, it looks exactly like a bouquet. It's round. And it's got, like, yellows and reds and whites. Because, obviously, the red from t- the tomatoes, the yellow from the cheese, the white from the from the dough. I'm not even kidding. But it looks like a bouquet. And it's all rolled up. And the bride and groom are basically eating it. <laughs> I would be so worried that my dress would get stained yeah. from the grease and the sauce. Yeah, but the but I like what they made. They made a point here to say weddings are a time to celebrate love. So why not celebrate your love towards pizza? There you <laughs> so go. True. I mean, that come on. True. Who doesn't? That is true. So yeah, we can post this picture on the um, on the cold coffee show page to show you guys. Would you carry a bouquet made of pizza at your wedding? Uh, that would be a hard no for me. What about you? <laughs> no, it's a no. It's a no. <laughs> have you ever wanted to get married again? Have you ever thought um, about renewing your vows and having your kids? I was, I was thinking, like, does she mean like to somebody else? No, like, no. Where, where did this question no, come like from? renewing your vows. Have you ever wanted to renew your vows? We did it in Vegas. You did? We did it in Vegas. Well, we got married in Vegas. Like, it wasn't like a renewal. We just did an Elvis wedding. We were both so drunk, <laughs> but it was so much fun. <laughs> I would recommend that in a heartbeat. Do you? Are you going to do it? I are always wanted to. I always wanted to in the mountains. We wanted to do it maybe at 20. I don't know. Probably not. But I always wanted to go somewhere in the mountains on top of the mountain. I wanted to go to Say Yes to the Dress, Kleinfelds in New York, and get my second nice. dress. But yeah, probably not. It costs too much money. No, we why? have two college funds and two weddings to save for. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like all this money that we're saving is for them. And then the other day, my daughter turned around and said, I'm going to one up at mitzvah. And, <laughs> and me and Mike both looked at each other going, oh, no, <laughs> like, this is so awful. You know, three but mitzvahs, three weddings, three college. But no, uh, it's not I know. Happen, so no. 
thank you so much to everyone for listening and thanks for hanging with us. And we hope you enjoy this episode. And Tova, have a great week. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you can. And bye, Kristen. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.